You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 299, we're discussing Across the Spider-Verse, Black Adam, and a new Peacemaker trailer. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Carlos. And last week, guys, you had Batman and Nightwing given the one-two punch. But this week, you've got Captain America and Captain America here, formerly known also as the Falcon and Captain America. So, Carlos, man, welcome to the show. It's going to be a fun night. We've got lots to discuss here. We've got Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 trailer. We've got some serious news from our boy DJ talking about Black Adam. we got a new Peacemaker trailer. We're also going to talk about Daredevil, Superman, The Matrix. This is a big episode. I can't wait to jump in, but first things first, man, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good, man. Just uh, sucked up in the vortex of all things work compounded by the holidays. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to take a sidestep and uh, have some normalcy, as it were, in yeah. uh, our nerdy world. Yeah, decompress a little bit. So I'm right there with you. I need a little bit of space to breathe here, and this is a perfect time to do it. And I hope you guys listening can join us here on this nerd odyssey for the next hour hour and a half and uh i don't think we should wait any longer i think we should jump straight into it with this week in nerd all right everyone welcome to this week in nerd this is our weekly news segment where we break down the latest and the greatest from the world of nerd and i cannot wait to talk about this first topic because it is my most or one of my most anticipated properties coming out in 2022. And we've only got to wait about a month's time to actually get it. Coming this January, I don't know if we have an exact date, is James Gunn's Peacemaker. We got a new trailer in front of us. And all I have to say about this is John Cena is quickly rising up to not quite Dwayne status, but this guy for me is an absolute must-see especially in Peacemaker. And look, guys, I'm going to have to bleep myself, but HBO Max is selling this. This is the tagline for the movie on their YouTube channel. Give Peace a chance. (laughs) Give this show a chance, guys. I'm telling you, go watch this new trailer. Everything that they're doing here looks incredible. And the caveat, the big caveat here is James Gunn just wrote this during the Suicide Squad, filmed it, and now we're getting it. Like, there's nothing, I don't think, connected outside really the MCU, which has this big plan that is this close. Like, the Suicide Squad just came out, like, three months ago. I've been waiting for an April O'Neil longer than we've been waiting for this Peacemaker show after the Suicide Squad. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, Carlos, man, I know I am heaping a ton of praise on this. Is this justified? Is Peacemaker going to do what we think it's going to do? Yeah, I think so. January 13th, if my memory serves correct, I think, is uh, when it's coming out. And... You know, as you talk through that, that's the thing that actually blew my mind was just how close it is Mm -hmm. to the release of the Suicide Squad. And that, and I love the energy with that, that you read James Gunn talking about making the Suicide Squad and then having the idea for the Peacemaker pitching it and them giving him the money and the resources and them getting the show 
in front of cameras and ready to go like not even six months after mm -hmm. the Suicide Squad <laughs> comes out, which is amazing. I think the timing is good because the Suicide Squad will be back on uh, HBO Max. It's available on streaming to buy or rent and all the all the eyeballs that can see this thing is a good thing. And I think people will be hungry for more because that is a great movie. So to see that world expanded out a bit more and to have that same kind of creative flavor to it uh, via James Gunn. And I loved what he did in the movie and I'm really looking forward to what he's doing with the, with the show. And uh, yeah, there's just some neat things like the weird dynamic that he has with his dad mm -hmm. played by the T-1000 himself, <laughs> which was kind of neat. And um, to introduce their version of Adrian Chase, the vigilante, like he's not what I know as the vigilante, but at the same time, let's face facts, like vigilante kind of came and went in 1987 and nobody's been clamoring for him since. So <laughs> might as well use him in this capacity if uh, Mr. Gunn has something interesting to do with him. And he looked like a riot as well. And, uh, it, you know, over the course of this trailer, you have a character that you loathe at the end of mm -hmm. the Suicide Squad. And you're already kind of seeing the, uh, the facets for him having a bit of a redemption arc, which is, cool and that's just good storytelling and i think it's something that we need a bit more of in today's world is to show that uh people are multi-dimensional and maybe we don't fully understand what's going on with them at all times so i think it's kind of cool it's kind of cool that we can uh teach some of these lessons through these characters which is honestly what they were originally designed for all the way back to the man of steel so yeah man like that redemption arc that you're, you're talking of that is like on display in this trailer that transition into potential anti-hero i was one of those ones that went through the roller coaster ride with john Cena and the suicide squad where i absolutely loved him and then spoiler alert movie's been out for five months or so but then there's this turn at the end where it's like oh no like i i want to love this guy but it's hard to given the circumstances and the way that that he's being portrayed at this point in time and then now to go on this additional ride with him so soon after the movie i'm i'm ecstatic about it i'm so excited and the sensibility and the writing here that James Gunn brings to the table, this is exactly what I want, especially for the first thing out of the gate in 2022. I want to sit back, enjoy something that is completely different from what we're getting in the last couple of months here, the last few movies. And it's going to be different from everything we're going to get subsequently in 2022. This is going to stand on its own. It's going to break new ground for not only characters like Peacemaker, but also the DC Universe. HBO Max is going to bring... This is their first made-for-HBO-Max like DC film continuation type of story, correct? Yeah, like their yeah. only other one that's even remotely close is The Watchmen, but yes. that was just HBO proper yeah. and not really connected to a film universe. In fact, it didn't even draw from... Snyder film it mm -hmm. drew from the original comic books with a few of the key elements so yeah yeah so this is that kicking off that space and that growth that we're going to see with things like Batgirl and what else is called Blue Beetle there's so much to happen on HBO Max this is really kind of the big the big party the big kickoff for for HBO Max in the superhero world which also excites me and so there, there's so many pieces falling into place and a lot of that is on display in this trailer the, the comedy alone it's, it screams James Gunn and the delivery from, from John Cena, who is really on display in this trailer, while also adding some of the, the supporting cast and how they're going to prop up, I think, what's going to be just a really fun ride and something 
like I said, that we're probably all going to need after this last year and a, a way to jump into this with something brand new, different. I'm I'm stoked about this, man. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be great. It'll be great no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you've got the cable channel that brings you succession and curb your enthusiasm. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's got all those uh, all those ingredients that the, will make the Peacemaker a wonderful show. So, yeah, buckle up, guys! It comes out here, like you said. I think the thirteenth, fifteenth, something in the middle of January. But it, it, I'm sure we'll we'll find that out if it's not for sure in the not-too-distant future here. But one property in D.C., as we stick with this thread here, that we have to talk about. Today, we got a pile of news coming from Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam. Now, this character, we saw the trailer at Fandom, or the little teaser clip and all that. That that started to really open up the gates here. Dwayne's been talking about this character for like 10 years and we got this total film article that's being dropped on us this Thursday. And we got some insights, some snippets from that article. And he's always talking about the, the changing hierarchy. And every single piece of media that comes out adds to this grander puzzle that DJ has been putting together through his social media campaign, through building this film, through really constructing what is going to be a foundational character and even a foundational studio and platform for the next phase of DC to really jump off of. And coming here hot with Black Adam with suit pictures and some quotes about Superman we're going to talk about in a minute. But, Carlos, talk to me a bit about these images we are seeing from this Total Film article with Black Adam. We didn't get a full picture of him in that fandom trailer. We got kind of the hooded look, and a lot of it was in the dark. This time we're getting that full, not bright, but open picture of him in the suit from the magazine cover stills production stills him working on things hood up hood down there's a lot going on here so speak to me about about black adam here from this total film article that we're getting this thursday so we haven't read it yet but there's all the teaser stuff is out there oh man i loved love love loved the images and the thought that they put into it like when you have the cloak and it's got some of the trappings and the design elements from the Egyptian clothing and whatnot sewn into it so that it's got some interesting design elements, but they're not just there to look cool. Um, They're purposeful. So that was neat. But then the one thing that really caught me was that he has the same lightning bolt emblem as like Captain Marvel slash Shazam and where Zachary Levi's was bright and colorful and, um, luminescent his is all dark and charred and cracked and it gives you a a subconscious take as to what black adam is all about and how he's different than billy bats and so um yeah i was really stoked by that and then also not only the mindset behind the costuming but the mindset behind the approach to the movie and how they were pretty analytical with um going into production and he talks about seeing the pitfalls and acknowledging that things worked and things didn't work and uh, being mindful of that in how they approach Black Adam and uh, taking their shot and making sure that they do what they can to ensure that this is a successful venture for them. So that was pretty cool and and I love seeing that. I love seeing uh, that kind of tactical mindset with going into these things and wanting to ensure that you deliver for your audience and that you put best foot forward and that you create a strong foundation for 
anything you want to do in the future. Like you can do weird and wacky things, but if people aren't buying in, you can't expect them to follow you when you do something that's going to be a deviation from the norm, right? Mm -hmm. If they're bought in as the MCU has proven, um, they'll follow you through anything. So yeah, I, I love the mindset and, um, kind of like we talked in the DM when he's talking about the hierarchy of power, I don't think that he's just talking about what we see in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's something much bigger going on there. Uh, we, we've mentioned this in the past, something about nothing that he does is by mistake. He's a man with his ear to the ground. His production studio is listening. There's quotes in this in this article that reference directly that. And look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's no advertiser on earth that can guarantee 82 million eyeballs, sets of eyeballs, on a single piece. More people have seen this Black Adam article than anything in the last day on planet earth i would almost say so that's that's incredible when you think about that that you have one person that has that much social media presence that much that much ability to influence this is the reason that black adam is going to become a household name in Mm -hmm. 2022 which which is crazy when you put that into perspective of of some of the things that are and are not coming out inside of 2022 2023 and beyond they're coming but he is taking the center stage on this one and and looking at these pictures too i I had to comment the one thing with dwayne johnson the rock sometimes is that he is just dwayne johnson he plays a character and you kind of see him right you don't see the character Mm -hmm. all of the time i'm starting to lose dj in this a little bit when i'm looking at these pictures especially the cloaked versions of it versions of it where he's starting to become a bit more to me, like the character. Yes, we haven't seen a lot of it as far as speaking and all that, but even from a costume perspective, I'm starting to lose that a little bit. He's he's melding into that character in front of my eyes here, which I really like. Like I thought mm-hmm. seeing him in a tight spandex black suit with a giant lightning bolt on him, I thought that would look weird. It was a big dude, big bald head. like, And he's Dwayne Johnson. Like he's like the most recognizable person on the planet. And yet here he is owning that look front page of total film. And in some of these stills that has also got me very excited for, for this venture. Yeah. The only thing I don't like is now I'm like, shoot, I might need a black Adam hot toys. So <laughs> man, do I need one? Do I need, maybe do I need one? Ooh. If they, if they, if they nail that face skull, I might need one, especially if it comes with that big cloak that he's wearing in these pictures. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta. They gave Wonder Woman the big black cloak with the Justice League figure. So Oof. if she got hers, they gotta give DJ this one. Oh man. Look out. Look out. It's light light up here. effect. <laughs> oh, light up on. effect. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. And you know, now now you got me thinking about hot toys here. <laughs> <laughs> so another quote that came out of this article is will come out with this article. This was likely some sort of uh, advanced copy where the quote came from is Dwayne Johnson talking about Black Adam versus Superman. And Carlos lays claim to a uh, to something here on the podcast which he will no doubt talk about here. But before we we get into that that claim that was is years in the making, we've got a quote here from this article that this is directly from Dwayne Johnson that there's a battle that's going to go down one day between Black Adam and Superman. I don't know who that Superman is going to be. That's okay. I don't need to know right now. This this quote here 
and he he's been talking he's been chirping about superman dwayne johnson's coming for this movie to lay the groundwork but he's had his eyes on battling superman since like day one of this and i think that's cool right this this goes back to the wrestling tendencies in him a little bit right you're, you're shooting for the top dog the big guy and i think we all know who that guy's gonna be but let, let's hear some thoughts on black adam versus superman he talks about not knowing which superman i think realistically there's only one superman that this could truly be right oh man there is no way that it's not henry cavill mm. like come on you can have him go up against zachary levi like <laughs> I, i'm sure after cheat day like dj is taking poops that are bigger than that guy like um, all those pancakes and peanut butter <laughs> yeah like, yeah the the only guy that can go toe-to-toe with the rock is gonna be henry cavill he's got the physical stature and just the fact that it's superman like mm. that s just symbolizes strength and, and even just the the realities of it right like henry cavill's agent is the same agent as Dwayne Johnson's the same production company that's doing the black Adam stuff is the one that will be negotiating for Henry Cavill to appear as Superman in whatever it is. And I think this really explains why we haven't heard a lot Mm -hmm. as to what's happening with Cavill and when we'll see Superman next, because they've put themselves in a position where they've got a load of projects, lots of interesting dynamic and different things. Like this year we've got all the Batman stuff and we're starting to see kind of the seeds getting planted for what we're going to see next year. And so, yeah, why, why would you uh, put all your cards on the table and say, yeah, we got Superman coming for sure. And black Adam two or blah, blah, blah. You don't need to, you don't need to because the new cycles are are so fast right mm-hmm. now that you might as well just wait, right? Because you could announce that Henry Cavill's fighting Black Adam, uh, Dwayne Johnson in Black Adam 2, summer 2024. And then they do a preview screening of Spider-Man No Way Home and it's completely lost. So yep. just hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Just hang on to it. Maybe you announce it at Fandom 2022. Who knows? But... Yeah, I, I think it's coming. I call my shot. If it's not, Tim will be looking for a new co-host. But absolutely um, not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, my very first appearance on the Nerd Room. That that was the shot that I called, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's got to be Cavill, and Cavill's busy. He's got stuff going on right now, anyways. So mm-hmm. between uh, the Witcher and uh, Highlander, yeah, I'm I'm more confident than I've ever been that this is. This is already happening. It's all signed, sealed, and delivered. It's just a matter of when when the rest of us get to see uh, what the grand vision is. And we're not going to until after we've watched all of Black Adam and maybe shows up in a post credit scene or something of that nature. Or they just tease something with the S with Metropolis. But yeah, he's, he's not fighting Valzad, I'm telling you right now. Or Calvin <laughs> Ellis. Like... Those guys will show up and they'll be amazing. But yeah, he's going toe to toe with the OG. Guaranteed. I am right there with you. I'm going to double down even more so on that. I'm almost willing to bet that there is a post credit scene or like you said, a major tease of not only Superman, but Cavill at the end of Black Adam in some capacity. I've said it 
I don't can't remember if I said on this podcast already, but I've definitely said it before. Nothing DJ does is by mistake. The reason Superman mm. is in this article, there's no reason, right, for him to be promoting a Superman in any capacity at this point, you know, other than he wants to battle him someday. But there's so much hype already for him to build for just this movie. But he always takes time to mention Superman, whether it's in a post or an article like this. He's always mentioned it, keeping on the tip of the tongue, right? You're never going to forget about this big battle coming someday. This WrestleMania-esque battle, if you even want to call it that, bring it back to his roots. He, he's putting it out there, right? Whether it's at the end of Black Adam or in the future in two or in a bigger movie, it's happening. And look, the, it would be foolish for WB to move away from Cavill. He's an established Superman. You just had him in arguably the best comic book movie of the year, the one of the biggest and why why remove that? You don't have to spend any time building up this Superman if you want to go toe to toe with Black Adam. We can all see it already. They don't have to do mm-hmm. any work. They don't have to say, "Oh, the Superman's been here forever," and building a whole new foundation for Superman. It's already built. Just use it, leverage it, take bits and pieces that you want, and leave some of it behind if you don't want it all. You can do that. It's <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's been done before. It's going to be done with a character we're going to talk about in a few minutes, and leverage what you like and go from there. Oh, it's just so easy, and you you don't have to have any of the other stuff. You don't want to have Lo- Amy Adams, Lois Lane. Don't have no. them. <laughs> you can't get Larry Fishburne to be Perry White again. Don't have them. No, like it's it's perfect. It's perfect to just have him as the guy that you parachute. It's no different than when Iron Man shows up in Civil War. He had very few of Tony Stark's trappings with him, mm-hmm. um, but he was Iron Man that we knew and that was established through all those movies and yeah like you said you can just have them seamlessly flow in and get to all the good stuff right away yeah you waste no time economic storytelling we're always saying it it's right Mm -hmm. there for the take and i can't wait for that and superman is not out of our thoughts and out of our mind just because he's not on the big screen he is appearing in a major way on the small screen the return of superman and lois january 11th so pairing up very nicely with the drop of peacemaker comes mm-hmm. the return of this awesome CW show. They just dropped a brand new trailer on us only about a couple hours ago. And the question I have here, the thing, I haven't finished watching Superman and Lois, which is a big bad on my my part here. But looking at this, this thing's getting more cinematic. Some of those images of Superman in that trailer, I'm like, is this from a, like, what movie is this from? It yeah, looks incredible, especially some of the darker scenes when he's the rain and all that. Oh, Man, and the conflict that we're seeing inside of it. And the questioning, there's a question. This isn't a spoiler, but this is a question. I don't know if it was addressed at the end of Superman Lois Season 1. But him and his allegiances to the U.S. or to the world. That conflict there, I want a movie of that. Like, I love that concept and how they can build on that with Superman. Is he, you know, a United States asset or is he a global asset? And where he sees himself versus where the rest of the world sees him. Who does he represent? That is such a cool through line to be playing with, especially with the younger family. I, I'm digging this trailer, man. I know you love that season. You did a great wrap-up wrap episode with some of the guys. But seeing him come back to the small screen here, man, are you stoked? You ready for this? Oh, yeah, man. It, like, it was just – it came out of nowhere and just blew me away. Like, um, not getting any, any spoilers for the end of season one of Superman and Lois, but – uh, there's some cool developments with John Henry Irons and they really set themselves up for something special with that character and his relationship with Superman as they go forward. And there's a little teaser to the one thing that I really wanted, but like good on 
uh, the showrunners for not giving us everything in season one, but it looks like they're setting it up for John Henry to get that big metal S on the front of his costume. So that'll be sweet. And, and yeah, I love that they're leaning into the whole truth, justice and for better tomorrow uh, that they've mm. established as Superman's new motto and also some of the concepts that they played with in Action Comics 900 where he's like, yeah, I don't like you trying to construe me as an instrument of U.S. foreign mm-hmm. policy and I belong to the world. So that's pretty cool. And I think that opens up Superman to like a, a whole nother uh, audience and allows him to be a little more wholly embraced by people that don't reside in the U.S. In fact, Ironically, this morning I was reading an article talking about how Superman and Lois has blown the doors off the ratings in the UK where it's finally come out. So um, it just goes to show that this uh, character has a global appeal. And yeah, I I think it's totally a smart move. And uh, my daughter actually brought up the fact that it comes out on the same day as Naomi which uh, Ava DuVernay has done for them. And so we saw in Fandom that quick little snippet where she bails out of class because Superman Uh was running to something. So I wonder if they're doing like a little uh, connected scene with the two of them, which would be amazing. Like if Hecklin is the Superman of record in Naomi as well, like that's that's pretty cool, man. Is is Naomi a CW or an HBO show? I think it's a joint one. So I think they're like the Super Superman, Naomi... And Stargirl, because Stargirl had a weird origin too, because it came under the old DC Universe mm-hmm. streaming app that they had put out. So, yeah, but Na- Naomi for sure is a joint. Because that'd be cool, Cause like, even you... if it was like a back to back, like you watch Superman and Lois, and the next thing you get is Naomi, and they tease Naomi in that first episode or so. Like that would be kind of that would be a really awesome launching pad. Imagine a backdoor pilot that comes out literally after that episode. Yeah, I, I think it'll be great. And I love the dynamic of Superman and Naomi in the comics too, where she kind of looks out, up to him and he's looking out for her type of thing. So yeah, it, it's just smart. It's just smart. And I, I, I'm excited at the prospect of somebody like Ava DuVernay playing with Superman for a couple minutes. Like, yeah. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Like CW, like they, they got a reputation and rightly so. I, I can say that having watched more of their stuff than I haven't. But uh, you can't paint everything with the same brush. Like, no, nope, not this anymore. Thing is, nope. No, things are changing. You know, we've this is a narrative that we've spun and we talked about time and time and time again here. And I think we're finally seeing the fruits of the labor of the changing of the guard, specifically with the direction of DC. January, it's a big month. Look, we just talked about three properties Peacemaker, Naomi, and Superman and Lois. They're coming out in January alone. 2022 is a massive pivot and pillar year for DC film and TV as a whole. Like we're going to brand new levels. You get to March. we got the freaking Batman. Like, come on. Like, I know. And that guy's two spinoff shows. Yes. Yes. Because let's talk about that. Even like the HBO max show where that was confirmed here with Colin Farrell reprising his role as Oswald Cobblepot. And it's, it's directly around him. Correct. It's not like yes. the Gotham because there's the Gotham show and then is this like the underground version or your juxtaposition, you know, your pairing of the two? Yeah, like I think you have your GCPD show, which will be using HBO, like that'll be like The Wire, mm-hmm. maybe. And then you'll have your Cobblepot show that'll be like all their other shows, like <laughs> your Boardwalk Empire or or whatever other crime uh, mobster type show 
So that's pretty cool. And like you, you have the the channel that brought you the Sopranos. That's gonna do a gangster show that just happens to feature the penguin in Gotham City. Like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What is it like? Who would have thought even five years ago? The, yeah, they were the foundation is gonna be laid in a serious way, and we're gonna getting all these spinoff shows. I love. I, that's what I love about these streaming services: the ability to expand content like this. This doesn't happen on the big screen. We're not getting a cobble pot movie, right? No. And now we're getting what could be, what is it, four to six episodes of a show like this that could help expand the foundation of the Batman universe and allow us to springboard into bigger stories inside of the film events. And the same thing with GCPD. It's, it's another way to, to construct things around the Batman, build Gotham as that character that it's always been from both the, the light and the dark side of things. It, it's such a cool way to really expand this out. And then you've got the, the Batman animated coming back or that, what is it? The Cape Crusader. It's going to have mm-hmm. a similar tone with those creatives that Matt Reeves in and behind that as well. Like this is, this is the year of the bats. You mentioned about everything they have in the pipe for bats and holding back. This is the reason they're holding stuff back. It's smart marketing because there's <laughs> yeah. so much coming. The first half of the year is going to be completely consumed by DC properties and building into the Batman, which will be another pillar a pillar character coming back. And then you layer on Black Adam and The Flash and all this other crazy stuff. Like, January is a huge month. But, geez, there's so much more to come. Yeah, no, it's nuts. It's nuts. And it's just, it's cool that there's just so much. And we'll have, like, three DC shows launching. Then we get Morbius. Then we have the Batman. And we're off to the races for the rest of 2022. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's usually like graveyard season for films and TV shows, like we're going to be as busy as ever here in the Nerd Room trying to cover this stuff in <laughs> in a reasonable fashion. And and I'm here for it. I'm here for it every single day. I've canceled. I currently have my Crave canceled, but I've already notified my wife that January 1, it comes back, not only for that Harry Potter thing, but also for <laughs> Peacemaker and everything else that's coming out after that. Like it's a, it's a, It's a can't miss at this stage. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. It's good eating, man. It's good eating. And if something's not for your taste, just give it a pass. The, Move on to the next thing. Well, that's that's the best part about this, right? It's not like we're getting the Peacemaker show and that's it. You know, it's not like we're just getting Hawkeye and that's it. it it's it's like we said last week. If you don't like it, that's fine. There is something yeah. coming within a couple of weeks that might meet more of your sensibilities. And not everything, you're not going to like everything. I, I hate to break it to everyone here. Some of you might not like Peacemaker. Some of you might not like Hawkeye. Some of you might not like No Way Home or the Batman. I find that hard to believe you're not going to like the Batman. But anyways, there might be things you don't like. That's cool. Because guess what? Three weeks from now, there's something new coming out. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the, what we're afforded in this world we live in, not only with film, but also the streaming services producing the content that they are right now. Yeah. You, you literally get three different flavors of live action batman mm-hmm. over the course of 2022 <laughs> pick one or all absolutely brilliant and we're gonna keep going at this breakneck pace into a character that you hold near and dear to you and that is daredevil So lots of rumors swirling about daredevil netflix charlie cox and all this but there was a, a an interesting video that was released this past weekend a captive Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige was forced to reveal by 
clearly the villain of the story in Amy Pascal here, <laughs> that Charlie Cox is in fact Daredevil inside of the MCU. I'm not sure if you guys out there listening or if yourself felt this way, but I was almost certain Kevin Feige was at gunpoint when he released or when he revealed this information. It was so just in passing for a character that everyone's excited about that there's lots of rumors about, but just to like drop it there, like if he's in no way home, just let it happen. Like I don't understand the point. I'm excited about it, but it just feels like an odd way to reveal one of your major characters, one of your major players, likely through the next 10 years of storytelling to just kind of like nonchalantly reveal this. Yeah, I like I I think you're on to something with him being held at gunpoint, but having watched the video, I think Amy Pascal actually had like the original yellow shriek symbiote on her head. <laughs> and that's what Feige was scared of. <laughs> and that's why um that's why he revealed that news. Yeah, it was a bit weird and very uncharacteristic of how he mm. typically does business, but man, did that ever get me excited like yeah, Daredevil's my dude. Like I, I love Daredevil, and just the thought of him being in the hands of Marvel Studios, where like I love the black pajamas, but it's like, come on, I need to see him in that red mm-hmm. costume in all his glory with the with the Billy clubs, and um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about the prospect of Matt Murdock in the MCU. I almost hope it's not in No Way Home, just because mm-hmm. that movie's already so dense, mm-hmm. but. Uh, where I really want to see him more than anything is actually She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Because I think that'll be a really cool place to introduce him. And if they have the the discipline to just have him play Matt Murdock and maybe tease the fact that he's something more than that, that's kind of that would be kind of cool. But uh, yeah, in Feige, we trust. And I'm just excited to have Matt Murdock back officially. Mm-hmm. And imminently going to be showing up. And yeah, Charlie Cox was just special. Yeah. Special in that role. So it's, yeah, man. It's by far the best character portrayal inside of the Netflix Marvel universe that was constructed a few years back. The best three seasons, season two is unbelievable. The, what they do with not only Charlie Cox in that role, but Foggy Nelson and Kingpin himself. There is a lot that they can leverage out of that universe. And if Charlie Cox is coming and Kevin Feige put the the caveat, we don't know where, we don't know when, we don't know how type thing, but he is coming. I think it opens the door to other characters, specifically like your kingpins who may or may not have been referenced in Hawkeye episode three to, to guys like Luke Cage, which I'm really hoping gets a space inside of the MCU proper here. And to just build, like we said, you can pick and choose what you want and run with that, right? Not everything has to be canon. Defenders doesn't have to be canon if you don't want it to be. But fundamentally, you can basically hit the ground running with this Daredevil character with a with a portrayal that most people absolutely adore and want more of. And you just get to expand his storytelling with different characters now, which is really cool. Yeah. One of the other things that I heard that was kind of exciting was there was a rumor that he's going to be in secret invasion, which is an ideal spot for him because 
given what his power set is and that he's low key enough that oh man you know there <laughs> there's still some that. drama there he's he's not professor x where he's like that guy's human yeah. that guy's a scroll that guy's human that guy's a scroll uh where you know he he's using his senses to kind of pick up who's human and who's not but can't do it on mass so that's cool and then also they said that the 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 rumor was that he's going to have his yellow costume which like I have a soft spot for that yellow costume. I, I don't need to see it long term, but it'd be cool. And if anybody's gonna, you know, give it to us for a single season of a show or uh as an Easter egg, it's gonna be Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I say bring it on. Yeah, like yellow suit, I hadn't heard that one, but if you wanna separate yourself a little bit from what's been done in the past, sure, put them in the yellow suit. Bring it on. Yeah. And it took me a second or two too long to process that secret invasion thing that you said there. But man, that blew my brain apart. <laughs> Thinking about him just having, yeah, that sense about him that he can, there's ticks or there's something that he can pick up as to who's a scroll and who's not and leveraging that. What a wicked way to use Daredevil. Yeah. And then it doesn't, because op- if your main character in that is going to be Nick Fury, then that doesn't give him somebody totally overpowered, mm-hmm. right? Where it makes it way too easy for Nick Fury yeah. to negotiate his way through. So, yeah. <sighs> Man, that that just like whether or not that's true, but that just amped up Secret Invasion to another level for me. Because <laughs> it's been one I've been kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like, I wish it was bigger, and there's so much more you could do with it. But if you're not talking about including characters like that, what? Yeah, make it even a little bit more street level, maybe. I don't know. I don't really know. But the prospect of of Charlie Cox coming back here and being pretty prevalent over the next couple of years is awesome. Like, if he. I agree. I don't really need him in No Way Home. Like he may show up as Matt Murdock, sure. Um, just a, a nod to the fact that he's back, and it, you know, Kevin Feige saying that while he's sitting beside Amy Pascal maybe lends to the idea that that is that is a likely case at this point. But mm-hmm. in and out, I'm a lawyer. This, that, and the other thing, and then let's move on to something like She-Hulk, where you slowly build out his his character inside of the MCU, what role he's going to play, and then she's like, there there has to be an impending daredevil show announcement at some point here. Like you can't leave that character as a supporting role or in secret invasion forever. Right. He's got to have a daredevil show or a movie. Maybe, maybe that's the next step. Maybe that's where he takes this character. And we spent a lot of time in the TV space. Maybe the movie is where he needs to go. Yeah. Or even just something totally different, like a Disney plus movie, right? Like something like they're doing with Batgirl or blue beetle where it's like, you don't have the massive spend of a big theatrical release, which a character like Daredevil wouldn't need anyways. Um, but you also get the benefit of a nice, long, uh, singular tale with like with Daredevil, right? So, yeah, that's another option too. So, Man, I'm really on the table. Because that. like, that's one thing that the HBO Max and DC is doing that Marvel's not at this point in time is movies. They've been very focused on these six to eight episode arcs, which at times can be a lot, right, for a character and and pulling out story. Like a lot, we could even argue that some of those Daredevil and Luke Cage stories were an episode or two long at 10 to 12 episodes, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a lot of content to get through and a lot of story to tell. And some of it's got to be pretty slow paced to get you through the middle part of those seasons as you're building towards something bigger. And so just taking an hour and a half, two hours to tell your story, pretty economic. Yeah, and we've already had like the long form thing with Daredevil on Netflix, mm-hmm. so I think this would be something that's different but yet familiar, and um, yeah, give you something cool to have on 
on your streaming service too. So if it's Daredevil, man, I'm there for it. Like mm-hmm. I, I've read copious amounts of amazing Daredevil comics and a bunch of pretty terrible <laughs> ones, Mark Wade. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see where this takes us. Yes, well, it's very very exciting times, and you know we're we're gonna take a a trip over to the beyond for a minute here because there's a property here that we need to talk about. They just dropped a trailer recently and that's the matrix. What is it? Matrix resurrections. Mm-hmm. This, this movie, when the first trailer dropped, it kind of caught all of us off guard. We didn't really know it was coming. It hadn't gotten much of that fanfare, but as these trailers build, man, they, they this new trailer, it looks freaking awesome. I don't know what is going on. I don't know if it's a soft reboot for that universe that kind of is resetting and revisiting a lot of the original film foundation, but the visuals look cool. I'm digging Keanu here. I don't know why there's different characters playing the same roles. Like why is Morbius different, a different guy? Like Lawrence Fishburne's still kicking around, right? So I, I don't know what's going on even watching this trailer. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for the Matrix. I haven't watched the new trailer, but that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've actively avoided it just because typically I'll just watch the teaser trailer and the first theatrical trailer. With this one, I think we just got that first mm-hmm. theatrical trailer off the jump, and now we have this one. So that one was good enough. It gave me everything I wanted to completely and utterly buy in. And uh, I didn't watch the trailer, but I followed the poster campaign, which has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Like everything, even the IMAX poster was awesome, and the still shots, and it's just cool to see Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss together, and she looks great. And um, it, it seems like they've built something exciting, and they have a love story that's entrenched in the middle of this like massive cyber odyssey that we're going on, and. That's cool. That's cool. And, like, uh, you know, it's a loss to not have Lawrence Fishburne in this, but at the same time, you're replacing him with Yaya Abdul Mateen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty cool, too. And he brings a different energy. And yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. Like, this is going to be a, an opening night theater journey for me, yeah. for sure. And it's kind of flying under the radar. Like, there's, and I might just not be in the right circles. But it doesn't seem to be getting the same fanfare that everything else is. It's kind of mixed up here with No Way Home. But it's unfortunate that this is this is I guess this is your day and date with HBO Max, right? I'd almost like to see this push into like February or something, where it has a bit of room to breathe outside of like all the fanfare of everything that's happening right now. Because you got like yeah. between like No Way Home and then like even the streaming, you got Hawkeye and Book of Boba Fett and the holidays. And I know holidays are usually like a primo time for for movie debuts and that but it's getting lost in the sauce a bit for me and i like i said i don't know if that's just me and and the feeds i pay attention to but it just doesn't feel as big as those original matrix films if you know what i mean yeah that first trailer seemed to generate a lot of hype and i'm almost surprised that they didn't push it into january so that they didn't have to (laughs) release it under the day and date uh promotion that they had but C'est la vie. Like I, I think Dune did exceptionally well mm-hmm. from what I understand being day and date. So we'll see what happens with the matrix. And I suspect the matrix was significantly cheaper than, yeah. than that movie and a lot of other movies anyways. So yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's kind of cool. Like I watched an interview with Anne Sarnoff and she's just like, yeah, you know what? 
Lana Wachowski came to us and she had a really cool idea and we did this with her and as far as expansion goes if she wants to expand this universe we are happy to facilitate that for yeah. her so that's kind of exciting too and gives them another another thing to play with and we'll see where they take it yeah that's, that's gonna be the interesting piece and i won't spoil anything here but it did have me scratching my head like that it's more like an intrigue right i want to know what's happening in this because there's a whole bunch of stuff that's laid out and like i kind of get this but i really don't know how this connects and why certain things are happening and these these movies came out when i was in high school and all that and so i, I was in the mix of these and you remember when two and three were filmed back to back and it was this huge thing that was happening they're all coming out and all this fanfare and you can argue or not if that delivered or or not but ultimately it's it's one of those kind of iconic franchises from that era oh totally like uh, honestly look at all the movies that ripped it off mm -hmm. yeah like to this day right like even space jam <laughs> at the they had the scene when they introduced granny and it's the trinity telephone <laughs> scene from the beginning like it, it left an indelible impact mm -hmm. on on a generation of viewers so yeah, no, I'm I'm here for it, and I hope it does Me too. really well and can be the gateway to an expansion of the Matrix universe. Yeah, and I think ultimately they have avenues inside of HBO Max to tell stories, and they have avenues in the film. Like this thing, it's it really was born on and as a film, but there there's avenues they can take it. This Animatrix stuff that they did, and who knows what they can do when they have the ability to and a, and a creative that wants to create inside of the universe. Like that's really important too. And someone that, that has the sensibilities and has been with this franchise for decades. Right. And so there's, there's, there's so much they can do. Yeah. It all, it almost has that feeling of when old George Miller decided I'm randomly after 25, 30 <laughs> years going to do another Mad Max movie. Yeah. And we're all just like Mad Max. Who wants to see that? Oh, what the yeah. Oscar winning yeah. Mad Max movie. <laughs> yeah. So that that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this one. And so, yeah, good on them for taking their shot. Hey man, I'm here for it. Just like you. And, you know, as we scoot to our, our last news topic, it's been a dense episode. But we got one more thing to get to here. Another surprise teaser trailer drop, and that comes from Across the Spider-Verse teaser trailer, a number one for part one of what appears to be a at least a two-parter, I would think, but maybe even three, building off of Into the Spider-Verse, which is, is heralded as one of the greatest comic book movies of all time by quite a few people. We're getting the return of Miles, a much older Miles. We get Gwen in this in an awesome clip, a reintroduction to these two characters, the art style, what they're going to do here. The art was a big thing for me that drew me into this. And we start with our trip into the Spider-Verse here. We, there, it's very fast. It's very quick. We get to see some highlights of, of Miles and Spider-Man 2099. But also our boy Ian had compiled this whole thing for us that shows all the different teases. Ghost Spider, the 90s cartoon Spider-Man, Penny Parker Silk. We've got the Japanese Spider-Man, Secret Wars, Spidey, Gwen Stacy, Ben Riley, and like I mentioned, Spider-Man 2099. So lots of teases in there. The, the makeup of the trailer has I, what I'm already calling iconic shots. That shot of Gwen standing horizontal to the building looking up at Miles Morales. I I had I took a screen grab of that and reposted it because it was just so incredible. That one shot 
blew my brain apart. This being a part one to an already beloved franchise, expanding this out in a serious way, adding all sorts of characters. This to me has just this little teaser trailer rocketed up to, to the top of my anticipation list as what they can do inside of the Spider-Verse. To be honest with you, if I'm going to be completely and utterly honest with you, I don't know if this is saturation. I'm kind of more excited about this than I am No Way Home. Yeah, no, that's fair, man. That's fair. I, I know the the big Spider-Man fan in our house. Like, she, I don't know if I want to disclose this on the air, but we were at my cousin's wedding on the weekend, and we may or may not have snuck out during a key speech because <laughs> I got notified that the Spider-Verse trailer dropped and the two of us had to watch it right at that minute. So, um yeah, man, like the the hype is real for this one. Like Into the Spider-Verse was amazing and Edge of the Spider-Verse, it's got to be something special. And uh, that they took so much time with it tells me that they know what they had with that first one, but they're building to a movie that needs to be seen and needs to be experienced as opposed to just putting out a sequel because it'd be easy to cash in on it type of thing. So that's cool. It seems like they put a lot of thought and they were very purposeful with it. And even just other things like our boy Ian compiled all that, but he missed a key one where very clearly miles ends up um, meeting Spider-Man India at some point in time, because one of the first uh, places that he falls through has, um, the Spider-Man India trappings to it. So that'll be cool. And Miguel O'Hara has a whole bunch of stuff that he can bring to this story to make it different than into the Spider-Verse, very different. And yeah, I think it's neat. And I almost wonder if we'll have like a, a big pillar Peter Parker in this one. Uh, And I think it'd be cool if we don't. Mm -hmm. And if it's kind of Miguel, Gwen, maybe, maybe Peter, Prakavinder, I think is what his name was. And um, yeah, and Gwen guiding this thing through. Who knows? Who knows where it'll take us, but I'm in for it. Yeah, man. You, you can not be excited. Can't not be excited for this. October 7th, 2022, this comes out. Add it to the list of anticipation for 2022. Yes, it is a bit further out, but this is a story that's been kept pretty tight lipped. That's the benefit, I guess, of doing animation here and not live action stuff is that it's not all over the place. But like, we really didn't know that this trailer was coming. And I had really thought too much about it. But once it's in front of you, it, it you can't escape it almost, right? I've watched the trailer like 10 times trying to see all the little nuances that they've sprinkled in there that you can only catch by pausing and going frame by frame on some of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's brilliant, right? It's... It's wild, it's expansive, but it also feels like it's still going to be somewhat of a personal story in all of this. Like, yeah. that's what I get from this trailer. Oh, definitely. Well, you like you just look at it, like the whole catalyst for it is like Miles is grounded mm-hmm. because he yeah. did something his parents didn't <laughs> want him to do, right? And he's sneaking out with his quote-unquote girlfriend. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I, as we talk through it, I almost wonder if we'll get a quick turnaround to part two. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like this is probably something, yeah, they can just be animating all at once, right? That you'll get, like, part two in 2023, maybe. Like, maybe the first part of it, your March, April, May time frame. Kind of drop mm-hmm. it in there, depending on how well this one does, which I, I'm, a, I'm sure it'll do exceedingly well. Um, because the first one did did great, and 
yeah, you can't deny that the art looks awesome. Like it's it's just so divergent from what we're used to in that Pixar Disney kind of idyllic what they've crafted for mm-hmm. the the 3D modeling and all that. And this just takes it in such a different direction and it's so attractive to look at. Yeah, blown away. Yeah, it's cool looking animation and charming characters. Mm-hmm. It's can't miss. Yeah. Can't miss. Ah, man. We, we framed out a lot of 2022 there in about an hour's time. You know, guys, we still got to eventually get to our most anticipated for 2022, which is going to be happening probably the first week of January. It's a big episode that we always like to do. Looking forward, we're going to do a box office draft again next year because, fingers crossed, hopefully I'm going to actually beat either Troy or Carlos and bring home the Spidey. So uh, there's, there's a lot of big movies, and this one might fall onto my list. But... 2022 is coming fast and furious, guys. Oh, man, what a time. Yeah, we might have to change up that golden Spidey because, yeah, Troy picked back in the day, but uh, back-to-back champion. I uh, And, you know, that, that trophy's been here for a long time, and it looks good next to my little kid Spider-Man camera that I've had when I was uh, <laughs> a wee lad. So, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe something else will present itself. Hey. I'm always up for change, man. We like to always be evolving here. And if we need to retire a statue to bring a new one into the fold, I am here for it because I would love to have a custom Carlos statue up behind me here because I've never, ever had that statue in my house other than when it was first created and I handed over Troy. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, by the time uh, by the time the year is done, we'll have lots of options for it. We'll have everybody from Michael Keaton, Batman, to Dwayne Johnson, Black Adam, and Letitia Wright's Black Panther available to, as my options for uh, what the statue is going to look like. So many. You could probably get a discount Cersei or Icarus as well if you really want to kind of stay with that same frame and all that. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. But if I want to cheap out, I can, uh... you save yourself $3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking about plastic, guys, I think it's time that we we do some plastic coverage here. There's a there's a big item that we got to talk about over here in our week in nerd. All right, guys, it's our week in nerd where we like to talk about our acquisitions for the week, plastic acquisitions. And if you listened to last week's episode, you'd noted that Carlos and I. You know, Carlos is doing some great stuff with his family, giving to less fortunate during this time of year. I've taken the month off the hunt, not spending any money directly on plastic for myself and moving those funds elsewhere. But that does not mean that the plastic has stopped flowing into the nerd room. I've got pre-orders that are falling week by week into my lap here. But we're going to have to wait on those because we have to talk about probably the most important collectible of the last 24 hours. And that is the Black Series HasLab Rancor. It's official, guys. It did not, not get back. Much to my surprise, I thought this thing was going to do it. It was going to get across the finish line. We've chronicled this for the last couple of weeks since it's launched, since I backed it here on one of the podcasts. And when I did that, I was like, this is a sure thing. No problem. The Rancor gets back. Yes, it was a little expensive. Yes, the tiers weren't fantastic. But ultimately, I thought it would sell. And moving into the last day, it wasn't even 50% backed. 
it did rocket up in the following hours, building into those last moments. The rank car almost got back. I was watching a live stream over with the Yes Have Some crew, which also had on it Jake Stevens from Forlom to Zuckus. Those guys were having a blast with it. They were covering it like it was the American presidential race and we're coming down to the pole. It was, a, it was a great time. I was chatting with Ian back and forth, him and I talking about it, watching it go. I was talking with Dave. Dave actually went out and backed it. He says, you're convinced oh, me. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's coming <laughs> to the house. Well, he says, I've gotten all caught up in the hype. So he backed it. And so we're having actually, a, I had a lot of fun last night watching this countdown. The whole house was asleep. Everyone went to bed early and it was just me and my laptop, live stream, Ian, Dave. Just, it was a lot of fun, guys. And it got to 8,537 of the 9,000 backers needed. That was the maximum amount of backing. It was going up by 20 in the two hours, too. And by the end, it was going up by 100 a minute almost. But it just did not get there. It closed at about 8,400 or so. And then it just kept going. And myself watching the live stream, I was, I was messaging in the YouTube stream thinking, why is it still going up? And I thought, okay, it's just going to go up to 900. Like they're filtering in international buyers, places like Toy Sapien, which our boy Ian did a video on. Go check out our YouTube channel on that one. They had bought a whole bunch and they were selling them because you can't, international folks can't buy them the same way you can in the UK, US, and Canada. And it was just going up, up, up. And then it just stopped and then it plummeted backwards. Like it defunded everything and took everyone off. And so. It's, and I'm a bit disappointed, to be honest with you, but ultimately my wallet was pretty happy about it. <laughs> that saved me, mm. uh, you know, close to 450 Canadian dollars about two weeks out or three weeks out from Christmas, whatever we are here. So I was a little relieved on that end, but a lot of lessons, you know, there's, there's one major lesson is that not everything tagged with Star Wars is going to sell out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that, that is surprising. And there's components of the marketing, the release timing, the cost, the tiers that are available, the exclusivity of the figures inside of those tiers, even a release date. And that's something I want to just quickly touch on here. A lot of people are saying, like, why are you taking 400 of my dollars and not giving me something to 2023? Well, the whole concept is it only gets made if it's funded, right, guys? And so mm -hmm. the idea that they could turn this around in six months is not feasible. Like, they've... They have a cast. Like, it's all got to get made and produced and nothing. The idea is that we, the people, are giving them the money to go and do this. Instead of them taking the risk, the risk is on us. Well, there's not really no built-in risk there. So, ultimately, it didn't get back. But from the periphery, Carlos, kind of watching this unfold over the last couple of weeks, any comments on, on the Rancor here? The Rancor watched from last night. This HasLab concept? Yeah, no, I'm I am disappointed for you that it didn't get backed and I was just kind of keeping an eye on the DMs and as you guys were throwing up some of those numbers, I too thought that this was happening. Like they're they're right on the doorstep of uh this behemoth getting backed, but honestly, I think the the fatal flaw in this whole release was that there were so many Haslab yeah. projects that came out at the same time. Cuz um correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, but it all came out around PulseCon, mm -hmm. and you already have your Galactus that has been in the final throes of its fulfillment. But then you announced the Sky Striker for G.I. Joe, the Proton Pack, 
this one and was there a, a fourth one no but there was a big pre-order that went up for that turtle van with super seven as well yeah but even just focused on hasbro so like you hit people with those Sentinel three that just within the last year or so or whatever it was two years yeah and so you hit people with all those and then you're also putting out all your announcements for the other things mm-hmm. that they're going to be selling you during that time and like let's face it there's very few people that are just strictly laser focused on one of these franchises mm-hmm. so it it gets a bit tight right so i think if they had given themselves some room and a bit of distance from the other two um uh haslabs projects and a few of the announcements too so that people aren't you know i could see seeing all those announcements come out and you're like well i want to buy all these figures and all this other stuff that's coming out I can't justify adding this $400 rancor to the top of it as well, right? So that might be why I was a bit slow getting off the off the hop and also might speak to why the Proton Pack got backed so quickly because mm. there was nothing else competing with it for Ghostbusters fans. Yeah. It was like, there's a Proton Pack, that's what I want. So yeah, there, there is that. And then the, I, I think revealing the Rancor Keeper as your very last mm-hmm. tier um it was a bit of a misstep but yeah we'll we'll see what happens hopefully they knock it out of the park with the next one yeah and i don't know if they repackage this later on down the road for a bit cheaper or with better tiers and i don't know i guess the the fundamental thing is that these things got to sell off of the initial offering and everything else is the cherry on top right the expectation mm-hmm. that the tiers are the selling factor is difficult, right? That's it's an encouragement to get more backers to get those people that are off of the fence. But it seemed like a lot of people had a hard time even getting on board with the rancor itself. And the general feedback is it is expensive. It was expensive, right? It, it's not that's not a cheap figure by any means. And yeah, the rancor keeper being added late as kind of that incentive bonus. It didn't do much though. It didn't. It's not like it lit the thing on fire. It might have bumped it up by a couple hundred maybe close to a thousand, but it didn't make the substantial move. It being included in the base package that you would have maybe expected that could have had earlier on and not announcing it as a pure exclusive for this package. Like this is the only way you can get that may have been a misstep as well. And I think to your point about the three concurrent HasLab projects, they may have underestimated the amount of crossover in those fandoms. Because as soon as the Rancor collapsed, the star, scar, what is it, the Star Striker? It got funded. Sky Striker. Sky Striker. It got funded yesterday or late, early today. So it got back. Like a lot of that money shifted over to, to that. And so. Yeah. So it just goes to show, right? That people only have so much money. So you probably had people that were like, I really want the Sky Striker, mm-hmm. but Star Wars is my main. Mm-hmm. So I'll put it towards the Rancor and like. Yeah, that Sky Striker is badass. Yeah. That thing is wicked. It's really cool. And it's cheaper, too, than the Rancor as well. And the Proton Pack was more expensive. I've debated the Proton Pack because they're about to unlock the very last tier of this thing. But it's more expensive. And as much as I love Ghostbusters, there are other options for a display piece like that that doesn't cost that. And I still have to go and buy the wand. The hundred well, ten dollar wand, that, right? Yeah, that boggles my mind that it doesn't come with the wand. Yeah. So yeah, there's and the you know, Ghostbusters has caught 
some serious fire over the last month or two or even building into Afterlife and the success of Afterlife. And I'm so happy for that fandom getting such a big project backed and a major chunk of support thrown behind that from collectors to meet and exceed all of those tier options. Like realistically, it's funny because I think every has that project, if I'm not mistaken, has made it to every single available tier. And the fact that the Star Wars one didn't even get to the base is is still shocking to me. But it also sends a message. You know, I was saying online that that we can complain all day, but the way to send a message to Hasbro is to literally not back the thing. That sends a very clear message to them about not only the price tag on this stuff, but how it's marketed and how it's rolled out and the competition with others. Like that is the loudest message that Hasbro will receive in 2021 that Star Wars just will not sell out no matter what, mm-hmm. right? That if this was 2015, 16, 17, I think Troy said this a couple of weeks ago, that thing would have sold out first day. It would have been back, no problem. But we live in a different Star Wars environment right now and and they're seeing that. They might, they might not be seeing that in the bottom line with the Black Series figures, I don't know. But this is a, this is a major message, a big one being sent by the community. Yeah, well, and there's just so many different companies competing for your dollars mm-hmm. now, right? Even within the Star Wars space, there's statue um, companies mm-hmm. making stuff and uh, outlets like Gentle Giant putting things out. So, yeah, no, it. Uh, hopefully it's a bit of short-term pain for some long-term gain yeah. with how Hasbro's doing business. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it changes up their approach to future HasLab projects, not only with Star Wars, but with the other ones. Because you look in the last couple of years, there's been some big money ones. Like between the Marvel stuff and the Proton Pack, and then you look at other companies. Mattel had done a big wrestling one recently for a huge ring. And then there's the... It's not really a funding project, but it's a pre-order, made-to-order type thing with that near $500 turtle wagon for the turtle super seven figures that Troy collects. Mm-hmm. Like that thing is huge, but so expensive. So big, big ticket items. And then, like you said, you layer that onto people that are Lego collectors, some big Lego expensive Legos coming out. Hot toys is doing incredible things. And then that's seemingly on and above the action figures and everything else. Right. And so it's becoming extremely expensive and you might be pricing people out of either lines or scales so yeah well yeah it's no different than me with the mattel creations batmobile Mm -hmm. from the batman like it is big and beautiful and gorgeous and just has so many neat things like the little camera where you can see battinson (laughs) sitting there shifting and stuff but it's just it's too big and too expensive Mm -hmm. for me to bring home and it's like yeah it'll be awesome and i'll love it but it'll kind of sit there after i have that initial fun play time and well, and off we go, right? That's so. exactly it. The Rancor's the same way. A bit opposing, and it's going to stay there forever. So a, a bittersweet moment. It's a little disappointment, but also there's a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a tad bit happy I don't have to fork out that cash right now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, man, let's let's talk about your plastic. I got a few things here, but I want to hear about what what you've been getting up to. I know you guys have been, you've been in the trenches there, getting ready for the holiday season, all the good work that you and your family does. But you got any pre-orders coming in or anything trickling into the house here right before the, the holidays? Yeah, and it's ironic that you kind of set it up that way. Uh, 
because I had a box arrive just yesterday from Big Bad Toy Store that embodied all the things that uh, is the nerd room, <laughs> uh, in that it had a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of Marvel, and a little bit of DC and beyond. So um, I can't disclose ev- everything mm. for uh, disclosure of Christmas gifts. But uh, yeah, this November, I had like a, a drop dead date where I was like, okay, all you figures that say that you're coming out November, like... The 17th is your drop dead date because I didn't want to get stuck like we did last year where we got into the Christmas parcel Armageddon yes. with the <laughs> post office and it doesn't show up till January. So, uh, yeah, had my stuff shipped and got a, a decent sized box. It wasn't all the things that I wanted to come all at once, uh, unfortunately, but uh, it is what it is. But in there, um, for things that I can talk about, I got the Miles Morales Gamerverse Marvel Legend figure, and it is sweet. Like that figure is unbelievably detailed and just looks cool. And he's articulated well enough, and you can get him into cool poses. So I actually have him balanced on one hand with his leg up in the air, kicking the Green Goblin who's on one of the little <laughs> uh, awesome. clear plastic risers, and he balances like perfectly. He's been there all day, so. Yeah, I can't believe the detail in this guy, like with the raised webbing and then under that he's got like a textured black suit and then other parts of the costume are smooth and whatnot. And it's really cool, um, almost like auto finish red paint that they used on him. So that was sweet. And then uh, the other thing that was in that box was uh, from NECA, the Batman, the animated series prop replica oh, of oh, the yeah. grapnel gun <laughs> so it's a big square meaty gun i haven't opened it up yet that'll be something to play with after i make some terrible phone calls for work tomorrow <laughs> but uh yeah it has like a button and it fires out the the grapnel hook and then you can retract it back in and, and it just looks cool and the fact that they realized the the animated series look for this thing and in, in the form of a toy and then uh, a whole pile of Batman 89 Batarangs. Like, oh, they were cheap they were so and cheap. too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I bought lots. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're they're cool, man. Like, I can't wait to have those things and just flicking them open and flicking them closed. And because I anticipate doing that a lot, uh, I had to buy extras. <laughs> just in case we wear them Just throwing out in the neighborhood. Kids, get out of here. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right but yeah i guess they have like mag- magnetics to them with with the flick action and whatnot so that'll be cool to play with so that was uh that was kind of neat and it's always nice to just have to pay the i think it was like 19 bucks to ship all that stuff mm-hmm. so that's all it cost me to bring it home having paid for all those things a long time ago yeah that pile of loot thing with big bad it's, it's a cool option mm-hmm. you can let things build up and you're not paying 19 bucks to ship one figure and then two weeks later another 19 bucks to ship another figure <laughs> it's kind of a pain yeah especially coming across the border oh totally yeah and if you're if you can be patient with it or if you have just like an anchor item in there mm-hmm. like i had this batman bus that's been sitting with them on pre-order forever type of thing so knowing that that will eventually come i'm happy yeah. to just kind of have a few of these things that i can wait on and have them show up whenever they show up and yeah, it's kind of cool. That's awesome. I can't wait to see you next time just rolling up to a movie or something with battering on your hip. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. The, man, nothing beats that 89 battering. No, like It's just not. the coolest. <laughs> and the fact that it was so cheap. Like, what, what was yeah. that? It wasn't much more than 25, 30 bucks, was it? I think it was 19, yeah, man. Yeah, jeez. 
There you go. That's McFarland yeah. for you, man. Or NECA. That's a NECA, NECA one, right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Cannot go wrong with a proper replica, right? Because you, you can get into hundreds of dollars for like one from a like an actual proper replica store, right? Or whatever. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And it blows it away. Absolutely <laughs> blows it away. It, it's unreal. Like just like I have a few higher end prop replicas and like these ones are, they look just as good and they're almost more fun because the cost isn't mm-hmm. there. So you're not as paranoid with them and you're willing to futz around with yeah. them a bit more. Like, yeah. And they like NECA's made a few of them and they always add like fun functionality to them. Like I have the Batarang from the Arkham game and they actually added like the little animated uh, LED lights on oh, it cool. and yeah, you can flick it open and whatnot. It's obnoxiously huge and would kill someone. But um, yeah, it's just just a fun little product. Yeah, well, NECA is doing their thing. And you're talking about Batman there. We're going to move over to NECA and the Ninja Turtles because I got a pre-order that arrived just, it was late last week. And like I said earlier, I got my shipping notification for this April O'Neil figure. I've been talking about it in every video that I put out on YouTube when I show my NECA Turtles because I've been expecting it since August 26th is when they printed the label. (laughs) That's at the end of the summer, guys. Printed the label for this. And I just had come to the conclusion, I'm going to have to find one at Kijiji or I'm going to have to find one secondhand because this is clearly lost somewhere. I guess it must have just been stuck on a boat in California or wherever it was because it showed up. It's on my doorstep and boom, I've opened it. I haven't actually cracked it open here. I it's got this cool lenticular front on it where you kind of have like the TV and the white noise with April O'Neil on it. You open it up. It's nice. One of these like nice NECA packages and you got April O'Neil with this head swaps, the purse, the fingers, the sigh, everything. Like this is a cool figure from TMNT number one, 1990s version of the figure. It's, it's starting to really build out and finish out my NECA collection here. I got the Danny added this year. We've also got the announcement of the Casey Jones and the other April O'Neil coming. So I got to put those into the collection, but it's nice to have her. It's not the yellow jacket. I don't have the yellow jacket. That was a separate, you had to pay more money for that one along with an April O'Neil autograph. But I'm pretty happy to have this figure in the collection. It's, it's a, it's a must have for that nineties collection. And man, now I'm knocking on the door like, like 15 figures in that line right now. <laughs> Man, but it's just so cool. And, like, those figures are insane quality for the price of them. Wild. Insane. Like, I, I would buy way more NECA stuff if um, there's more franchises that are close to my heart. But, like, I was giddy when they announced that RoboCop 35th anniversary figure because it's just the prospect of having another NECA figure um, in my oh, wheelhouse yeah, coming in. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Town. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. As soon as that thing popped up, I pre-ordered it and sent Marty an email. <laughs> Like I was just like, yeah, if, if I got one awesome, if I get three, even better. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you can't can't go wrong for that price point on those guys. Right. And no, the detail is insane on them and the paint apps and even ones like with the turtles, like they look wet. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's the coolest thing. The predators are the same thing. Like they're just phenomenal figures. And I know, uh, Daddy Bats on the Vigilante collects the Universal Monsters yeah. figures, and those are gorgeous as well. There's been some cool ones revealed here through the Halloween season and all that. I saw one, I don't know if it's a new reveal or not, but it's one of, what's his name, Jason, but he's meant to be on that brick with a chain around his neck, but the chain is actually holding the figure up, so it looks like he's floating underwater. 
it, oh, it's amazing. super cool. Uh, yeah, and like you said, the details here, those turtle figures, I swear, like we've seen the big quarter-inch scales. Marty has those, and I think Ian's got a couple of them. And you look at those, and you look like they literally just shrunk down that and had these. But if you were to make a hot toy of these turtle figures, like these miniature ones, like the D, it's not going to be that much different ultimately. No. Oh, no. Those those turtles are some of their best ones and yeah, they just they just crush it with those. Mm-hmm. Crush it with those. And even like I, I don't know if you've ever played with their xenomorphs from Aliens at all. Yeah. But it's I'm, like we own one and it still blows me away that the thing was only like 19 or 20 bucks or whatever cuz the detail and the paint job and the translucent parts on it mm-hmm. and and it even has like little things like a spring loaded um like the little face thing that pops oh, out wicked. of them and whatnot and yeah it's just yeah honestly like NECA is the they're top of the class I think for a figure that's reasonably priced but the quality mm-hmm. of the final product yeah yeah it's unreal yeah I do their back to the future stuff is creeping up in price a little bit like they're around 40 bucks now and these ultimate figures they're starting to get up there a little bit but at the same time when you look at this like they're they're still almost close to on par with the black series figures and you Mm -hmm. look at the amount of accessories you get in these, the detail and the, the really once not in a lifetime, but these turtle figures, especially these haven't been produced like this ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I know the black series in some cases hasn't like, but you've got three, three quarter inch versions that have been coming out for four decades. And this is what also makes that line special for me is, is that it's a it's I have such a nostalgic connection to it, but it's the first time we're really seeing an April O'Neil figure from that movie ever that I can really think of. That they might have done like cartoon versions. Well, they have done cartoon versions, but they might have done like a an attempt at this April, but I don't think so mm-hmm. in the past. So so really, really cool. And the only other figure that I picked up, we did a little celebrating here over the weekend, and my wife had picked me up a Sylvie. A Marvel oh, Legends Sylvie. So it's uh was one of the holes I had in the collection. When it came to the Disney Plus figures, this came out with that, what do you call it, um, What If series wave. This was on the back end of that. And happy to have Sylvie in the nerve room here. I haven't popped her out of the package yet. That's coming soon. And then I just got to get Mobius whenever he goes on deep discount at Toys R Us here locally. And then I'll have the the Loki crew. But great figure. It comes with the sword, uh, a little hand swap there. The face sculpt is, is pretty on point for her. The little the the Loki horn thing with the one horn missing, great figure, great figure. So, love building out that Marvel Legends line, and you know, as as the No Way Home stuff and the Eternal stuff will slowly trickle in in the new year when I start sweeping that stuff back up off Kijiji when people are trying to dump stuff here in the new year. <laughs> well, if you need if you need the leg for the armadillo for No Way Home or the uh, leg for the Watcher, uh, by all means, hit me up. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got those. I got a few armadillo pieces myself <laughs> that I got to try to get rid of. If you got a, if you got a smart Hulk head, then uh, I'll be willing to trade from that. Or any Mbaku pieces, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got none of those, but yeah, a- anything I do have is yours. Wait, just take. Them. I might, I might. I don't know what I'm gonna do with the rest of this. What if I would may? It, I think it'd be cool to have the Watcher actually. Like, there's no other figure there that screams like that. I want it between like the Nebula, the Strange, the Spider-Man, the Captain Carter, or the uh, the T'Challa. Because I've already got the Marvel or the Marvel, the Captain America Zombie. But that Watcher kind of looks cool. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I can pull that together one day. Well, yeah, you can save yourself buying the 
the most basic Spider-Man figure that's ever been <laughs> that's created. Oh, it's so terrible. I had better ones when I was a kid. And... <laughs> well, it's it's funny too because you're you're talking about this Miles figure, right, being so good, and just like the the outright discrepancy between that and even the No Way Home figures that Troy and I were talking about last week about how like <laughs> the the effort just isn't always there for Spider-Man for some reason. Like some figures are hit out of the park, and other ones it's like, yeah, we're just gonna put this out. It's Spider-Man. It'll sell. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So yeah, if you want to save yourself buying that one, I can give you the leg for the watch. I might, I might take you up on that offer because that's the only other one that I would maybe like on display. The other ones, I'm kind of like, eh, I got the Lego fig. So, but, um, but yeah, man, that that wraps up our weekend nerd for this week. A a little bit of a quieter one, but I think it's nice going into the holiday season here. And we'd like to encourage, like we did last week, guys, if you do have the the ability and do have the extra funds to go out there and support people that are a little less fortunate than us. You know, we have lots of fun here in the room talking about plastic, but we also have to recognize that that's not the reality for a lot of people in this world. And that uh, a little extra helping hand, especially this time of year, all, all through the year is really important, but especially this time of year um, is is always something that if you can try to try to do a little bit, extend a little help. Uh, to, to someone that is a little less fortunate than you. And that's something that, that we are concentrating on here. And we continue to do so into and through the new year. But, man, I feel like we've been talking at a lightning pace here for almost an hour and a half. And it's it's time to, to sign off here because we're going to look to the future. Next week, episode 300. We're hitting that milestone. We're excited about it. We might talk a little bit of Spider-Man. We might talk about a little something else. Who knows what we're going to be doing on episode 300 but i can guarantee you one thing we will be here next week talking all things stars marvel dc and beyond and then we've got no way home of course coming up we've got some live stream with our friends over at the vigilante 1939 i believe they are planning a a tailgate as they called it they did this before Zack snyder's justice league where they got a bunch of people on a live stream have a few drinks talking spider-man this time though before we get into no way home and then we've got a big review coming up here. The end of Hawkeye. We've got Book of Boba Fett. Jeez, returning to the Star Wars universe. We just got that Boba Fett figure announced today from like that cloaked one with the upgraded armor and all that. Yeah, that's coming home with me, even though it's a deluxe figure, which I don't love. But it's coming home. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely be seeing that going up on pre-order here shortly. So lots to get into, guys. It's going to be a busy end of the year. And like we talked about earlier, it's going to be a busy start to 2022 as well. So return here every single week with the Nerd Room to get your fill of everything that is nerd. And if you would like to be a bigger part of any conversation, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. The hunt is real. And it's over on Instagram. You can check some of these images that I'll throw up with this April O'Neil and this Sylvie with the rest of the Marvel Legends. We're going to be doing a bit of countdowns over on our YouTube channel as we build out to the end of the year, looking at some of our favorite pickups from 2021. We usually talk about some of that in the year wrap-up episode, but we want to give some visual content to bring with that as well. So we're going to be putting up some videos, and Ian continues to kill it over there with our weekly videos he's got a bandai build of the razor crest up there right now he's got an absolutely adorable christmas version or christmas vlog up there right now with him and his family so go over there give us a sub check out those videos we're doing once a week bringing and expanding the content and really focusing a bit more on toys and collectibles over there and last but not least twitter that's where you can find us talking debating giving our opinions and talking with you guys i had a lot of fun talking about the rancor with a lot of people yesterday over on twitter so you can catch us with our handles at the end 
of the episode. Now, with all of that being said, and another rapid, big, huge week of nerd behind us, we have to say goodbye for now. So for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. And I'm Batman. And thank you guys so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.